This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by this producer are not necessarily the views and opinions expressed by Anime 3000, its producers, partners, or affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Come on down to the other side. Everybody and welcome to the other side, the only anime podcast that done fuck Joe Mama last night. I'm Cody Byer, and I'm Andrew Erickson. And today, Max is not here right now. He will likely be joining us in the middle of the podcast. Uh, we rescheduled this one a day earlier than we normally record. We wouldn't tell Max, but because of the loveliness of time zones, he went to bed before we could tell him. He decided to go to bed early the day that we were going to reschedule the podcast. Uh, but knowing when he signs in, he will likely be dropping in mid-podcast. Today, we're going to discuss a couple things. But before we do, a weird phenomenon has happened I want to address because I find it hilarious. As many of you out there know, I have a webcomic, Cloud Scratcher. For those who haven't read it, it's basically a love letter to my childhood. It's designed like a 90s cartoon um, and partially inspired by Crimson Skies. So it's like uh, Disney-styled animal people in high-flying adventures. Now, I put this off for like seven years because I was afraid of attracting the furry fandom because of the anthropomorphic characters. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, bring that crowd into my work and have them sully my characters with their porn, especially because I do have a lot of attachment to these these characters and these storylines. But then I finally decided to do it, and it's been very successful so far. You know, I'm actually legitimately surprised how well it's doing. But I did attract people, but it wasn't the furries. It was a crowd I didn't expect to get. I've been getting a lot of aviation nuts <laughs> that are sending me these giant dissertations on how my cartoony airplanes are not, like, correct. Like, they, they, they're not realistic. Like, it's a... It's like a Saturday morning cartoon. Why are you nitpicking the engineering of these airplanes? They're, they, the biplanes are obviously cartoony and simple. But I can't bitch too much because they're still friendly and enjoying it. But then they send me giant essays on everything wrong with the engineering and Cloud Scratcher. And I'm like, dude, it's just – dude, cartoons. It's just not supposed to be realistic. I mean, that bomber is a giant bomber. It's not supposed to be like a realistic bomber plane. It's the, it's the size of a city block. So you're telling me when you draw these pages, you don't plan out the turret layout to be historically accurate? <laughs> I know, I'm a monster. <laughs> you're uh, the worst kind of webcomic artist. It's like you don't even care. <laughs> it's, it's a very bizarre phenomenon. I say, and I've gotten multiple ones from multiple people in, in a very short span of time. And they're all large. One of them is an actual engineer. Uh, oddly enough, he was the least uh, persnickety. Like, he was the least, like, he still was complaining about this, that, and the other. But, he like, the people that weren't the actual engineers were the ones sending me novels. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm happy you guys are enjoying the comic. I really do. But please, if you're listening, and you're probably not, but just in case, please keep in mind... It's supposed to feel like a Saturday morning cartoon in a fantastical land. Stop trying to apply real-world engineering to it. So with that being said, 
Today, on today's episode of The Other Side, or this week's, I should say, we have two subjects. One derisive, one positive. We're going to talk about one thing that's lame and one thing that's amazing. So we're going to start with the lame. It was actually, originally we were going to just talk about the amazing thing, but then this happened. And it was glorious, because I think this is the sign we've won. We have done what we've set out to do. Uh, well, And by me, I mean I, because apparently, uh, Andrew, you and Max don't exist. I, I think we were relegated to uh, flunkies. <laughs> um, I was basically called out by another podcast. And for the in the interest of uh, not starting a bunch of stupid, childish shit, I'm not going to give the name of the person or the name of the podcast, but... I was called out by a podcast who – well, I didn't listen to it. I know y'all did, but you and a bunch of other people did. But I didn't because I wasn't going to waste my time, although I did find out from you later what was in it. Uh, it's just some dorky guy that was mad at me because of the Lolicon episode we did on Astaroth's toy. This is a fucking doozy. Um, there seem to be a lot of people who are upset by that one. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I want to point out um, – I. We, I've said before, our detractors are fucking terrible. They really, really are. And that's kind of a sign that we're, what we're doing is right, because look at the people that hate us. I mean, just fucking look at them for five minutes. It's just a picture begins to paint, and it is a picture I am happy with. I mean, when you get pedophiles, pedophile apologists, fucking crazy people that think we come from outer space, um, like, like humanity comes from outer space... Um, just a, a march of nuts and otaku dorks and just sad people and crazy people and man children and just all the sad shit. And it's like, we're doing good. We are doing good. And I think this was the exemplary example. We've had a couple podcasts that have uh, wanted to feud us and I wouldn't indulge them because they're losers and not worth my time. Uh, one of them called us trolling the podcast, uh, trolling, colon, trolling, colon, the podcast. Another, like, on a live stream on an extended rant about me, and I hate to tell him, but I didn't listen to it, uh, despite your attempts to get me to listen to it, is having a couple times. And then even, uh, fight bait on this site thinks I care what he thinks about me. But, so all of this happened before, but this is like a, a, a monument to us being right. This is a monument to us doing uh, like like doing the right thing and being on the right path. This podcast and these people that run it are something else. I don't even know where to start. I honestly don't. I Well, should I? Well, I know they called me evil <laughs> for bringing up autism. I think the exact word was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, they did the thing I like to call. I like to call it the sound. What dork sounds like? And what does dork sound like? It sounds like very. It sounds like this. Uh, oh my god! I forgot how to phrase it. I was repeating this in my head like for an hour before I started doing this episode. What was it? Uh, oh my god! You know what? We'll get back to that, folks. I feel like a dunce right now. <laughs> um. We need Max. Oh, Not yeah, having him here is just thrown off our equilibrium. <laughs> I remember what it was now. Just pause, yeah. That's what dork sounds like. Just pause, yeah. Not like pausing the word yeah. Dork sounds like this. Just yeah. 
Just pause, yeah. And that's what they gave us. The things that they say on that podcast are, yeah. Just pause, yeah. That's what dork sounds like. If you just, and we've all had a dork moment or two, you know, you don't have to be a dork to may have a dork moment. And that is the sound of dork. Just pause, yeah. And that's what we got. We got a resounding just pause, yeah, from this these people. But yeah, it was uh, it was evil for calling them autistic. Andrew, why don't you like oh, tell boy. the folks some of the things that they said? This podcast is what it sounds like when dorks cry. <laughs> okay, since I'm the only one who listened to it, um, oh, first of all, they told you on Twitter that they were going to lay the smack down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that. I just saw what he said for the benefit of. You know, Cody Barr, and my, they added me. When we call you out is at, and they gave me the time code. My initial reaction upon seeing this on my Twitter feed, split-second reaction I had was, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and so I clicked him, and the first thing I saw on his Twitter background was a fucking, like, dark elf, big-titted anime girl in a French-made outfit presenting her boobs on a silver platter. And I'm like, oh, that's who the fuck you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't fucking care. And I even said flat like flat out my immediate response was you say that like I care. And then I looked at like his thing and he like refers himself on Twitter as an ace mecha pilot and I'm like <laughs> I didn't even find out later his fucking avatar on Twitter is a character from Girls und Panzer. <laughs> Sounds like someone worth engaging with. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally gonna talk to you. Um and then I told him basically flat out, You're not important. I'm not I you're not owed a debate just because you want one. You know, just because you want a debate with me, I'm not obligated to debate you. I don't care if you think I'm a coward or whatever the fuck. Who the fuck are you? You're not important. I'm not wasting my time on you. Prattle on, little boy. Go on and fucking fat to your fucking anime tits. Uh, you know, you lonely son of a bitch. <laughs> he he so, actually tried to invite himself onto the other side to debate you. <laughs> no, if he came on the other side, it would not be a debate. It would just be like, hey, fresh meat, who wants to go first? Uh, we're not, not going to debate your sad ass. Uh, like, if, if it's someone that's an adult, it's respectable, I'll debate him. Like, when I debated Sean Russell, because Sean Russell is a grown-ass man. But I'm not going to debate some dork. Uh, I mean, what, what else did they well, say? About they started off by saying that they were going to call you out. And they said how disgusting it is that you criticize people in the anime community by you know bashing Lollicon and stuff like that. <laughs> Which you know, that seems kind of like the TV tropes mindset of you know, being mean to people is the worst thing you could possibly do, but then they're actually really petty and nasty towards any detractors they have. Yeah, it's that kind of Tumblr esque uh, double standard, and that that endless irony. It's like the people uh, who are bitching about uh, Armacrog because Doug Tenaple is a devout Christian who's against gay marriage. So while they claim he's a bigot, they attack Christians and want to squash a project he's just working on because of his beliefs. And they don't see the irony in that at all. And that's adorable. But uh, And I know they – what the hell else did they complain about? Well, they tried to defend Astaroth's toy. Of course. They – Specifically brought up that scene where, you know, the uh, Lot and the little girl, Asuha, are trying on a bunch of fetish outfits. And that's the one that you said is evil, and they played that off and said that you're disgusting for not liking that. <laughs> I, wonder, I wish 
I really wish I could just pull up that scene for the people listening. I really do, just so you could see, like, they're defending this. They think that I'm the bad guy for saying this is evil. Look at this. Just fucking look at this. What episode was that, eight? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just people, go look at episode eight. It's not far in. Just something like, I don't know, Anime 44 or something like that. Or Watch Cartoon Online might have it. One of those sites. Just go on there and fucking check it out. Just look at it, and then this is what I say is evil, and they say, no, it's great! It's great stuff! Eight, ten-year-old in a fucking sling bikini dress thing. No, that's great, yeah. Woo! Ten-year-old ass on display. How dare you call that out? Yeah. Uh, these guys are like sad, lonely motherfuckers. Yeah, well, uh, they also... Oh, what was it they said? I'm drawing a blank. There's just so much in uh, that little segment they did. Well, all right, they said that you wave around your e-penis. Well, how do I wave around my e-penis? Well, you happen to mention that you have a girlfriend. (laughs) I forgot about that one. You know, I mean, well, for A, she was relevant because we watched it together and she brought stuff up and her reactions were funny. And I'm not lying, she helped me get through that. I could not have gotten through that show if it weren't for her. Uh, But we all know why they said that. We know why. Because you look how lonely these motherfuckers are, and we're going to get into it because we actually uh, did some research on our detractors here. These motherfuckers are lonely. They're beating off to fucking anime women. They've got, oh, look at my boobies on their fucking Twitter background. They're sad shits. They're lonely. And so they got all upset because they felt like I was bragging, like I was rubbing in their face that I have a girlfriend. You you got a real, real woman? Stop bragging about it. You're mean. So I understand that when you're super-duper lonely and the only companions you have are drawings, it can hurt. It can just really makes it especially makes it difficult when a guy that is just making fun of you is just flaunting the fact that he has a real woman who's tangible and it's very soft and smooth and you get to see her real boobies. It, that, that, that can just hurt. So I'm going to hurt you more. We have a special guest on this episode. Say hi, honey. Hello. My girlfriend, Leanne, I brought her on this episode purely, purely just to rub salt in the wounds of these sad, lonely motherfuckers. Plus, she listened to the podcast, too. Yeah, I find it a little unnerving that, um, uh, Cody, you choose to replace Max with me. I don't know what that says about Max. (laughs) (laughs) Max was my last waifu. You're the new hotness. (laughs) Oh. So, uh, yeah, I, purely just out of, uh, hey, 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 I have invited my girlfriend on here um, just to sort of uh, rub salt in the wounds of your loneliness. Yeah, I never claimed to be able to be on a podcast, but I'm pretty, so I'm sure you all, oh, it's an auditory medium? Oh, <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> well, if you keep making those pretty faces of yours and yet those cute little giggles of yours, I'm sure it'll just project through the audio <laughs> somehow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, and I'm going to flirt with her shamelessly, Andrew, so please deal with that because <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm reveling in in this sort of petty sort of fuck you to these people and it's not even that i'm mad it's they're so fucking pathetic i love i actually love it and now i'm having fun because and this is what really gets me and this this ties into why i brought leanne on Mm -hmm. you see in that very episode this really gets me in that episode that they had a problem with i specifically like took time out 
to say, if you are basically a little bitch and you decide to, quote, call me out, and I've got something to say to you, mister, I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to actually have a discussion with you. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to find ways to make you fun. I will turn on the troll switch once I realize you're not worth it. I'm not going to convince you. You're not, I'm not going to get an intelligent conversation out of you. You're a loser or you're crazy or you're just plain sad. And once that happens, I've got to, I have to make you worth my time because by default, you're not worth my time. So I'm going to make you worth my time. So I'm making them worth my time. So we're going to have some time because this and, – and again, I'm sure for some people this is going to seem like petty. But you're going to see as we go on why we're bringing these guys up because I didn't bring up any of the other podcasts that have gone after me. But I had to bring these guys up because when we took a closer look at these guys, holy shit. <laughs> like I said, these guys hating me is the symbol that we are we have, – we have succeeded. That we are on the right track, that what we're doing is right, and I thought it would be great, and Andrew, I know you agreed, to bring Leanne just to sort of rub it in. <laughs> Wave that e-penis. <laughs> Wave it. <laughs> well, that and the real penis, you know, Leanne. <sighs> so, uh, what were some of the other wonderful, wonderful things? Uh, okay, well, remember in the Astrod episode when you brought up how they have that um, that cowgirl character? It doesn't yes. make sense for her to be in a lolly concho. Yes. Well, one of them tried to rebut that point by saying that he likes both. <laughs> yeah, we have an admitted Lolicon fan in this uh, podcast. And he, he started wanted to keep talking. And then the other hosts told him not to talk and not to bring up his fetishes. Now, I don't know if it was a joke or if he actually has multiple other creepy fetishes, but well, I wouldn't be surprised other, if it was the latter. Considering the other stuff on their site. Um, that we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's pretty true. And I like that. Like, they were trying to... It felt. It feel like just from what I, I said, I didn't listen to it, but when you, everybody was telling me that, because a group of people saw it and were telling me about it when I got back from my part-time job, they were tell, they were going on like that was a recurring thing, and I get the feeling it was like they they were trying to prevent him from giving me ammunition because they thought I was going to respond to these losers. <laughs> so it was like, no, 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 don't go into your fetishes. He'll he's probably listening. I wasn't. So it was, I was. <laughs> the things I do for you. You should have listened because it's just amazing how little attention they actually paid to the stuff they're criticizing. Like, they pronounced your name as Bear. Even we're, though I say my name in the beginning of every podcast. We're calling you out, Cody Bear. Uh, <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires in anime. <laughs> I say my name. If you listen to the podcast, it's at the very beginning. I'm Cody Byer. And plus, you're a fan of Japanese shit. You should know how to pronounce AI in a name. <laughs> hey, boo-boo. Let's bash some lolicon enemies. <laughs> it's like that's... Come on, every AI in in any character name in an anime or any, any Japanese word or nomenclature or whatever is I... In fact, AI by itself is a word, and it's pronounced I. You should know how to pronounce AI, but you still said bear. <laughs> so I can only assume that you do indeed have a learning disability. It's fucking great. And what oh, was some of the other well, shit? 
they also freely admitted to skimming most of the episode, <laughs> which is gold because they then criticize your research skills for bringing up that study about the, um, you know, that Japanese survey. Which they, which we sourced, and I'm surprised they apparently, from what I understand, didn't. They never heard of it. Because uh, it was on Sankaku Complex, too, and I would assume these guys are regulars at Sankaku Complex. <laughs> because as we'll find out a little bit more about these guys, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've got that shit bookmarked, and that was on Sankaku Complex. It's their homepage. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, new dolls! Uh, what was... Uh, some of the, I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff everybody was telling me. Uh, they called... They called me, of course... A, all kinds of, like, I'm disgusting. Uh, the things that are said in that show are just, wow. They really just fixated on you. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about being ignored. Like, am I just not vocal enough? Even do I, I got to mention, technically. Do I need to and step up the hate? I haven't been on this before. <laughs> she got a vicarious mention, and she still got mentioned before you. <laughs> I should feel insulted. I mean, you, you went to- off it. You went off at one point like, fuck anyone who cares. I don't care about this, these details. <laughs> these are for idiots. You went on a whole thing, and they still, like, who's that guy? Is that, like, Cody talking with a deeper voice? <laughs> they must have skimmed that part. <laughs> yes, they actually listened to a good portion of it, and they just happened to skip any part where you or Max talked. Thought it was just me talking to myself. <laughs> they happened to skip to the part where I said, I will rape you, and they thought I was referring to the characters in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the one guy's like, yeah, who wouldn't? I would totally rape that lowly ass. <laughs> oh, God. Was there anything else that was worth mentioning in the podcast itself? I can't remember. I don't believe so. Yeah, it was just a lot of... Uh, I know the one guy had a very unfortunate voice. You were telling me, Leanne. Yeah. That. And then there was the other, the other one who sounded really nice and actually kind of reminded me of Andrew at first. And then then I saw what he put on his site, and then he stopped reminding me of Andrew. Oh, no, they're he like reminded the... me a little bit like an alternate universe Max. <laughs> they're like the mirror universe other side. <laughs> kind oh, of... God. They kind of are. They've got, uh, you know, a guy with an awkward... Uh, "Quote unquote accent to mirror Max's legitimate accent. Maybe I don't know. I guess the guy that sounds like Andrew would be the mirror Max because of his predilections. So I oh, guess place would be awkward, Andrew, because oh, I may be Cody's girlfriend, but Andrew. <laughs> I mean, fucking <laughs> Andrew. You're gonna get me kicked off the show." <laughs> Uh, and well, anyway, we did some research on these fellas uh, beyond just the initial laughter, and I really did laugh hard when I when I clicked his little Twitter page and saw that background because the instant perspective I got from that action was amazing. We did a little research on the website. Oh my god! <laughs> First of all, it paints quite a picture. When you uh, go on there and then you see, like, it looks like a fucking webpage from the 90s, first of all. It's just three big honking pictures with words on them and then three smaller ones that are just kind of lined up in a black page. It felt like a geocity site from the 90s. And on the bottom right, 
was the like the very last one if you're going from top left to bottom right was hentai and the thumbnail image was a naked loli which just puts everything into fucking perspective and that uh, was as large as the image for their podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh when you click on it it's in depth hentai reviews like he's reviewing it like he's ann for perverts and sad people like someone showed me one for like dragon pink and he talked about how nuanced it was see i think it's amusing you compared him to ann because i just remembered he one of them um says that's funny that you went off on ann since you are apparently similar to it he did not go into detail, though, which just leaves me wondering what he meant by that. Yeah, what the but appar- apparently you are you resemble ANN. Well, apparently they're very stupid because they one of their complaints was that he didn't even review it. We weren't reviewing it. We're not a review show, geniuses. We are just shitting on it. The episode, that episode was dedicated to shitting on Astaroth's toy and also LoliCon itself, but mostly just Astaroth's toy. With a brief segue into A and N. Yeah. Brief as in the whole second half of the podcast. <laughs> well, the, original, it, the original intent was to just slam Astaroth's toy and Lolicon. Well the A and N segment built on the uh Lolicon bashing. Exactly. Uh so, I don't know what he was like, you do reviews, you're just like A and N. Sure. I'm so much like A and N with my encyclopedia and my information on Release dates and castings and the news and views and of anime and all that stuff that I totally have. Unbiased opinions are very common here. <laughs> <laughs> or at least attempts for unbiased opinion. I can't even. <laughs> you can't say that with a straight face? No. No. Uh, uh, it was. I don't even know where the fuck he gets that. What the fuck is he even talking about? <laughs> and he didn't go on to explain. And if I was the type of person to shout at a computer, I would have been shouting at the computer. Wait, no, go back. What were you talking about? No, go ex- elaborate on that. <laughs> How is he like AMN? I guess they have a podcast. Maybe that's it. You're just like A&A you, with your podcasts and your reviews. I mean, didn't you mention they apparently have a comic? Maybe Cloud Scratcher is actually about your views on on Lollicon? <laughs> yeah, I can see all the similarities between Cloud Scratcher and Anime News Nina. <laughs> I practically ripped them off. It's a very subtle commentary. <laughs> Very, very subtle TV tropes that have a field day on their wild mass guessing page. But, uh, God, some of the other shit. Those hentai reviews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love I, the, shit, the shit on that Dragon Pig review. One of my favorites is like, it's like your, it's like the, the Sega Genesis RPG you've always wanted to play. Well, first of all, I'm not a creeper who's into rape. Uh, but also the Sega Genesis RPG? All three of them? Which, well, I'm sorry, was the SNES just too mainstream to drop a reference to? You know, the one that actually had all the RPGs on it at the time? <laughs> like, for SNES is for the mainstream <laughs> fags. I play Star Ocean or whatever the fuck. Fantasy Star. I'm sorry, but Final Fantasy just doesn't appeal to me. 
I'll take my shining force. Thank you. <laughs> oh god. And then uh like the bottom one the one of the bottom thumbnails that he picked was like some spiked serpent biting a vagina and there was blood coming all out the vagina and all over this spiked ball snake thing like oh my god and then right under it was like and it'll be an enjoyable thing to watch or something really cheery he called it a classic that was it right under that image of a bleeding vagina being bitten by a spiked snake it's a classic (laughs) you know what oh but that that uh See, that comes from something. See, the guy, especially the particular guy that called me out, is a writer for Faku. <laughs> for those who don't know, Faku is like the hub for perverts and lonely losers on the internet for the anime fandom. Like, you've probably been to a big convention seeing a guy with a Faku t-shirt. That's a guy we, we avoid. Like, I actively attempt to avoid those guys because they're prob- they probably reek of jurgens and shame. Now, Cody, you often say... Th- um, exaggerated comments like that about various people. But I've never heard of this Faku. Are you being completely serious right now? Oh, yes. Faku is a hentai repository slash community where they get together and share porn and talk about porn and discuss porn and fap to porn and talk about how much they fap to porn and which porn they like to fap to the most and the intricacies of porn and who makes their favorite porn. And they have huge comment sections on all their porn. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, we like basically. If you see anybody, because I actually know some people that didn't know what those shirts are. They thought it was just like a joke, like it was fuck in in in, in a Japanese way of saying it. Yeah, they thought it was just a joke shirt. No, folks, Faku, that's a website. Why that's would a, you wear a shirt proudly proclaiming your association with that? Because these people like to try to own it. Because it's like it's cool. I totally loved fat man. Loved fat. It's like fucking uh, – they think it's like uh, when Jim Norton talks about all the porn. Jim Norton is like one of the greatest comedians ever. When he talks about like all the porn he watches, but they don't realize he's doing it as a self-deprecating way because he knows it's pathetic. Uh, these guys try to like own it, and they try to make it cool. It's like uh, fucking in Clerks 2 when Randall's wearing the shirt that says Porch Monkey for Life. And when everyone says he gets offended, it's like, no, no, I'm taking it back. <laughs> Well, because he's too they, stupid to realize how bad Porch Monkey is. They also apparently think that if you have an actual girlfriend, you should just hide her in shame. <laughs> so, but who yeah, knows? but but proudly proclaim all the anime you beat off to. But, oh yeah, the idea of um hiding your girlfriends. Yeah, that's that's one we're real familiar with here, Cody. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously, what? <laughs> I I brought you up. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I think you I watched I watch those shows with you. You'll you'll never be able to pay me back. <laughs> oh, I have ways. <laughs> I have my ways. But uh, I I really do appreciate you doing that because that I could not get your shows otherwise. Um, <laughs> it was fucking. I just I think honestly they were mad. Not only do I have a girlfriend, but one that watches anime with me. <laughs> like dumb braggies. Uh, oh yeah, I watch such great anime. Akunahana. Hey, I've I've introduced you to plenty of good shit. All right. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and apparently since you've never seen it, I'm going to show you Cowboy Bebop. By the way, how did you never see that? But whatever. So you can't tell me I don't do you a solid every now and then. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, you're like, oh, I got a girlfriend who watches anime. I got a boyfriend who watches anime. There were like five people in my school who knew anime beyond Pokemon. Yeah, but also like all the other guys that watch anime are these people. (laughs) Yeah, but all the people in my school watched anime, watched bad shows. Like, really bad shows. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. They they put honorifics on the end of my name. Oh, God. I feel like I got to hug you right now, but you're not in the room. There are people who actually do that. Yeah, we did. I think it was half ironic because my name ends with an and sound. So they, like, end up to have honorifics end with an and sound. So I think it was kind of a joke. But it was also kind of serious. They would do it in the hallway. Oh, and smile and... I know you said one of them likes Rosario and Vampire, which is funny because not even Mike Martinez likes Rosario and Vampire. And I, I, that person's probably going to end up listening to this because they like me. And they're a real sweetheart. And we would have deep conversations about anime. We had ones in common. I like her as a person. But the anime she chose were not the best. <laughs> and then I found you. And it was like... <gasps> He he watches good shows. He introduces me to good shows. This is a good day. <laughs> Eat it up, boys. Uh, so yeah, it, <laughs> I think if I, Doc just leaves the call halfway through, we won't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like I'm done with the shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm, I'm rubbing it in. We're doing this a little bit on purpose. We're just basically doing the shit we do when no one else is around. We're doing it in this podcast just to make it hurt more. <laughs> because apparently you're supposed to hide, like like Andrew said, you're supposed to hide your girlfriend in shame, but proudly proclaim all your anime fetishes. Gotta have your priorities. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, the dude writes for fucking... <laughs> oh. I'm not going to say what his screen name is, but I love it because it's the 13 year oldiest sounding thing. He might as well be like Dark Knight Ami- Omega or something like that. I'm gonna say Omega. Like, no, that's Eric Schwartz. <laughs> Dark Knight Omega, the Grand One. <laughs> I just picked something that sounded like the main character in an anime. In my head, I'm the main character of my own anime. <laughs> Vegeta the Stampede. <laughs> something like that. Um. It was, oh god, this was like, this was a gift. This was a present. This is an early Christmas present. Uh, I, I hope Max shows up soon. <laughs> I hope probably show up when we're done this part. Uh, he shows up at, right at like five hours in. We're, we're all like, okay, we have to stop now. Oh my god, why are you guys doing a podcast on fuck you, Max? <laughs> <laughs> we waited for your ass. Um, we had to get Leanne in here. The only way we could match your fabulous hair was by getting a girl. <laughs> That's that. Whenever Max is gone, we can only replace him with either a girl or uh, we just play clips from a Maybelline commercial. It's like, what do you think, guest host? Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> I will. Admit, that, man, that, that man's hair is far too fabulous for a man to have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's nicer than mine. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. And to put I that, I think I have to kill him off. 
And, and to put that in perspective, she's got real world Jessica Rabbit hair, and Max has better hair than she does. I'm starting so, to think Max is actually Faust. <laughs> he traded his soul for the best hair in the world. <laughs> he made a deal with that goofy little cat thing from Madoka Magica, but instead of becoming a magical girl, he's like, I just want gray hair. <laughs> just, give me the, just give me amazing locks. <laughs> the cat just looks to each side. It's like, okay. Uh, I like this. Instead of fighting witches, he fights bad anime. <laughs> And it, and and uh, he's got the Fuminori vision, so now he he see all anime children as uh, as fucking lot. But then he sees like bad anime itself as like being made out of fucking clip art and like things snipped out of a newspaper, like a ransom note. <laughs> the subtitles are the ransom note, and it's just like it's all the soundtracks. Sayana Uda music. Uh, anyway. Of course, that then that makes it even worse because he really didn't like Sina Uda. So, like, God, it became even so worse. What could he have possibly seen? Oh God! Um, but anyway, this guy. We he also had a, a he's like multiple blogs. It's all him, <clears throat> and one of them was Moe obsessed. I wish to point out oh, on the podcast where he called us out. He ended it with the dorkiest thing imaginable. Uh, he, it was a rallying cry for fans of LoliCon and fans of Moe, rise up and show this podcast how you feel. And he was so serious about it. That was the worst part. Like, if, like, I can imagine, like, come on, Moe fans, Loli fans, let's show him. Yeah, no. No, it was, it was really serious about it. I, I kind of. My grandfather was blind, and I inherited his talking clock. I'm really sorry right now. We have two um, guest stars today. I'm going to turn that off. I'm really sorry. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just you're expecting Moe fans and Lolly fans to come out. Well, no, we already. Well, you guys, I haven't been on before now. You guys apparently had all of the Lolly fans and Moe fans come out, so maybe he's just late to the party. <laughs> we had see, I named the last episode, not the last episode, but last the that, that episode because by now we've recorded the Akunohana episode, and so this is this is uh, going to come out in A3K about two weeks after the event in question and after the podcast in question. So who knows? He's probably made about a hundred more podcasts going on about me because he's mad that I won't talk to him senpai won't acknowledge you i'm sorry it's just that's just how it is senpai has no time for you uh senpai acknowledged me oh i acknowledge her all day long you kidding me i acknowledge the fuck out of her pun slightly intended so basically you know this is two weeks after the fact he's probably made a million more uh podcasts bitching about me further <clears throat> but going on to the all the other shit he has and another blog where he bas- it's basically Moe obsessed. Like it has three titles at once, and all of them have the word Moe in there. Can I read it's- the banner? Read the banner. Task Force Moe, Moe militarism, Moe is a battlefield. <laughs> so I think the message um, that we're getting here is Moe. I don't know where you I, got that I from. I want to shoot you with the gun, Ugu. <laughs> I I will shoot you with this big. 
gun in my hand. I hope I don't drop it. Ooh. I, I like this mascot character they have. Like, I can't tell if it's the main character from Gunslinger Girl or Kaon. <laughs> I They're guess either all one interchange- would work. interchangeable, Doc. You really don't have to know the difference between them. Yeah, they, they all look the same. And that's all... what she calls me, by the way. Yes. In case anyone's like, who's Doc? <laughs> Old habits are hard to get out of. <laughs> well, now we cleared it up, so it's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> I am not. I never claim to be a professional. <laughs> You were brought on out of spite. <laughs> yes. I can make all the mistakes I want, and this podcast will still be better than our ones. <laughs> My loyalties lie here. <laughs> and that's a, and that's so sweet of you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this is... And he goes on these disser-fucking-tations on this blog, like... This is obviously a guy that wants to be a college professor, but all he wants to talk about is anime. Like, they're giant. Like, some of them are, like, case studies, and some of them are themed as, like, one larger fucking project or whatever the hell. You can just scroll down the list of topics as on the issue of 2D relationships. Yes, he'll, he'll, he, in the ones I read, um, he would post a question at the end. Like, um, uh, it was one where it was... It was Moe and Hentai, if I remember correct. And he brought up a few. I think he brought up Kiss Exis. It was one of the ones that was that that you guys mentioned. Um, and the question was at the end, um, in the comments, feel free to talk about. Is it still Moe if it's extremely sexualized? How sexualized can it get without being Moe? Or does the fact that these people are sexual, that these ladies are sexualized, increase the moe and the protective instinct. Two people responded. <laughs> and one of them was super funny. And I don't remember what it was like, I think the, I prefer moe in hentai because it creates a connection or some shit. Yeah, it, he, makes, it tends to go in moe anime. It tends to go into the emotional aspect of the relationship as to the purely physical and I prefer that to see that relationship and when the sexual scenes come up I prefer it to be between two characters that I've become emotionally attached to or something along those lines really are, are you that easily manipulated <laughs> yes they look at you with these big doe eyes go and act all vulnerable and that's enough for you to form this emotional connection to these generic vapid characters and and I think they, I got Cody. I looked at him with really big eyes and went, Ugu. And I hate that she is so fucking cute when she goes Ugu. <laughs> she, she will frequently just act like the, the embodiment of everything I hate and fuck, she's just ugh. See Cody um likes to troll other people, so I have to troll him in turn to make it all fair. I, I mean it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Start saying that I make her Coco go doki doki. I'm like, fuck, I can't say anything. Because A, you're a girlfriend, B, you're actually cute when you do it. <laughs> it that, that is the ultimate cosmic irony, is that I loathe Moe and yet I'm dating it. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, th- this, I love this blog of his because it's, there, he goes into such in depth with the shit. I, I think my favorite one might be. Operation Shion Fujino Phase 3, Ren Kokonoe. 
the ma- the main girl from uh, Kodomono Gikan. Right, and oh. he has this scholarly essay interspersed with fan service screenshots. <laughs> and then poses his homework at the end of the essay. Is you know is she really Moe? And if so, what causes her to be Moe? Is it Moe because she lacks innocence and you want to protect her, or because she still has some innocence and that makes that her- was I uh, it was either that one I read or one very similar that had those type of questions. And I think I finally understand what you were saying before. Just pause. Yeah. <laughs> you had a dork moment. They just, it just zapped you so hard, it, it dorked you for a second. Just yeah. pause, yeah. Or just pause, wow. That's an alternate alternate form <laughs> of, of yeah. the, uh, the sound of dork. Just pause, yeah, or just pause, wow. Now, one of the things I've actually struggled with through my life is um, extreme self-esteem issues. Um, not exactly depression, but bordering on that. Um, one of the more interesting things about me joining the Internet was that I find things like this and I go, wow, I don't write long dissertations on what is moe and what is hentai and bloody vaginas and spikes. <sighs> And I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> so, yes, I guess we can thank you in that regard, uh, sad dude, because you, you know, you're helping someone with self-esteem issues because they're seeing you and they're feeling better about themselves. <laughs> I could just read these topics, J- just the titles, Moe Phobia, <laughs> why we need the Moe discussion to happen. <laughs> oh, he has an article about... Um, Darjeeling, I don't mm-hmm. know how you pronounce it, but the girls in Panzer character who he got his avatar from. Oh. He has an article just about her. <laughs> I'm sure there's so the much air. about this character that he can go so in depth to. Although I'm sure he wants to go in depth to her, if you know what I mean. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, like uh, Andrew said, I think I smell love in the air. <laughs> I think we got ourselves a 2D relationship right here. The, <laughs> the truest of loves. She appeared in like two, only two dimensions. <laughs> These people form emotional connections fast. Like, it's only the two of us, and so we only need two dimensions. <laughs> Maybe they think three dimensions are for whores because there's a third wheel. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're bitching about me for bringing up that I had a girlfriend. Like, oh, God, a three-dimensional woman? Oh, oh, what a loser. Yeah. I bet his girlfriend doesn't even have huge eyes. I like that he had one bit on, uh, like, moe and eroticism and anything like that. By the way, he keeps calling hentai, quote, erotic anime. I like that. Uh, he tries to fucking... Way to class it up. Yeah, he tries to intellectualize, you know, cartoon girls getting <laughs> ass raped. Uh, he had this thing, like, moe and eroticism. And the first picture was, like, this girl looking down with huge boobs and something had spilled on her boobs. And, like, we were talking with a bunch of people that were looking over it. And we were all laughing about this site. And then someone – I love the reaction because it was so le- – it was legitimate. He legitimately asked, why is that girl wearing a giant bow tie? <laughs> and then it took him a while. Like, oh, that's her boobs. <laughs> wow. Why Why is the picture of a giant novelty bow tie? Oh. Oh. Oh, I love that he just didn't realize it legitimately because of the a the shitty art and b the boobs were so big his mind's eye couldn't see them as boobs. And it was like looking up from below, and yeah. she was looking down. Yeah, it was like a worm's so eye view. Literally, like her, it was on her neck, like a giant novelty bow tie. Because I only clicked the link after he said that, so that was right in the front of my mind, and it, it did take me a second. To realize what it actually was until I looked at the other ones and went, wait. 
This doesn't fit, oh God. <laughs> Giant novelty bow tie, no, that's your boobs. I think there should actually be a parody anime where she's extremely flat-chested, but has a giant novelty bow tie, <laughs> and no one can tell. They all think she has huge hooters. <laughs> they know she just, she just borrows her clothes from a clown. <laughs> I don't understand why people keep trying to grope my bow tie. <laughs> people grab it all the time, especially just... on the subway. I was trying to be a rebel at school, but no one seems to seems to have told me I can't wear this. Okay. Oh, oh uh, going back to the podcast for a minute, because I remember one thing that, that uh, I had caught word that they said. They took issue with my putting America's culture over Japan because we don't, for one thing, don't have subway groping. And for another thing, we, uh, 88% of our men aren't pedophiles. By the way, they just called that study into question without presenting any actual, like, Opposing facts of their own. Yes, they apparently just... you pulled it out of your ass. Now yeah. I know that we don't really think highly of Sankaku complex, um, but that's a little bit. Yeah, like to their credit, Sankaku complex. When they report like Japanese news, it's legit. Like, yeah, the place is plastered with porn and sad shit, but they're strangely re- like. Like, on the latest happenings in Japan. like, And then they will link to the original article they got it from, but it's all in Japanese. And yeah, I even checked just to make sure, because I felt this was too good to be true. And sure enough, they linked to it, and there's the site right there. It's all legit. Because someone, I remember, I don't remember who, someone linked something else that was on Senkaku Complex. And I think this was a related link, or did someone just link to this article? I don't remember how I found it. Because um, sometimes someone will link something on Senkaku Complex... And on the one hand, like, oh, God, Senkaku Complex. On the other hand, it's like, well, they do have some good train wrecks. Okay. And I'll click it. And then, like, I'll click a couple more from their related articles because they'll have, like, some boobs and, like, ooh, the new steamy Bakemono Guitari has some steamy scenes, whatever. But then it'll be something, like, legit, like, some J-pop star is being sexually harassed by crazed 2chan fans. Like, okay, let's see that. That sounds like that sounds like an interesting laugh and a half. I think that's how I found this. But then I'm like, but I can't remember what was originally linked to, because I'm sure that's a fucking story in and of itself. But yeah, yeah, I would think they would know, they would have seen it, they would go to Sankaku Complex, because now that y'all know a little bit more about them, you can see why they'd be on fucking Sankaku Complex. But yeah, they just called into question without presenting every, anything to the contrary. They had no, they just said, they, they basically said, nuh-uh. That was their rebuttal to uh, yeah, bringing up that study. Was, yeah, nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be a good debate. But they, they call they call and question my whole marriage. First of all, you can tell these are fucking uh, kids who probably spent their entire lives on a college campus, you know, bashing America, that kind of thing. Well, they, they basically just said that America isn't progressive from what they've seen. Yeah. As and, if you know, Japan it, is some kind of ideal to aspire to in that regard. Didn't they say something to that effect? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, well. Know, I can't recall exactly what they said, but they mainly took issue with you saying that Japanese culture is worse than Western culture, and um, then they started bashing America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure their college professor is so proud of them. Uh, they basically uh, – they, they brought this up, and I love the fact that they said – first of all, from what we've seen, America is not very progressive. <laughs> that is a fantastic statement. Well, compared to what countries? Yeah. Compared but, to Japan, uh, yeah. And like, you know it's just because they probably got like – their 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 – 
probably living in middle America and their family's like, Obama's a Muslim. And they're like, here you go again, Grandpa. God, shut up. Obama's totally awesome. John Stewart told me so. Obama's from Kenya and he's a Muslim and he's gonna, he's trying to bring socialism. America. Typical American. It's like, can we go to my glorious Nippon? Can we just like bomb everyone in that building? (laughs) All of you. Um, um, Doc, you also listened to this, um, this glorious podcast. Yes. Um, I didn't hear them mention Aseroth's toy that often. And then I realized, did they actually call it Aseroth's toy? Oh boy. Uh, I believe their exact words were Astronaut no Omochao. Isn't it, isn't it, <laughs> term, isn't, it, isn't the Japanese name Lot no Omocha? No, no, that it's, would... um, okay, I'm gonna be serious. It's Astronaut no Omocha. Huh, I thought it was Lot no Omocha. I always heard Lot no Omocha. Well, Lot is the character's name, but in the title it's Astronaut for, I don't, I don't care about the subtle intricacies of their <laughs> title system, because it's an awful show. I believe Asra is the, the character's full name, and La is the nickname given. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they kept they kept call they were adamant apparently on calling it its Japanese name, like adamant. In spite the fact that it adds a couple uh, syllables and is completely unnecessary, they were totally adamant about it. Personally, I think we shall all just go t- to um the name I prefer to call it, Astoy. Um, I believe it accurately describes how terrible a series is. This is why I love her. Ass toy. Because it's fucking, it's the perfect fuck you to that show. And it's true because it's constant lowly ass. So I think we're just going to call it ass toy from now on. <laughs> yeah, I remember they had that. But then they like went on the whole thing like, uh, apparently America isn't as progressive as Japan, the country that won't let go of fax machines. The country that you could probably legitimately call a patriarchy. Yeah, with a with an actual factual rape culture, right? Like, Subway it's passengers. Literally a thing. Yeah, like all um, the things Tumblr said go, says goes on in America actually goes on in Japan. I think Tumblr kind of ignores it purely because they like anime also, <laughs> and they and they're people who can't accept that they like anime and accept that. Glorious Nippon is not glorious. I, I think uh, maybe Tetsuya Ishida, the author of Sinfest, thinks he's in the wrong country. I think maybe that will explain a lot of what goes on in Sinfest. Like he actually thinks he's in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that, that explains so much about Sinfest. He's just accidentally putting in English in America. <laughs> he, he, thinks, he thinks everything in his neighborhood is in Romanji. He doesn't realize he's not in Japan. There's a lot, there's a lot of... There's a lot of foreigners in my in my hometown. Sayana Uda is very useful in that it makes a great reference for a lot of things. Like in he has Sayavision with he honestly thinks he's in Japan. <laughs> and, and he just thinks there's odd things in America. <laughs> no wonder he draws those comics. <laughs> he's actually an American weeaboo. <laughs> he's living in Japan. He's complaining about Japanese society. Uh, yeah, that's... But, but we're not the progressive ones. <laughs> but we dare to slam Glorious Nippon. I, it is funny, though, because there are quite a few anime that kind of deal with that. Even Akinahana dealt with it, as terrible as it was. Um, 
the idea of how traditional Japan is and how hard it is to break out of uh, like these ideas. Um, Being a cog in the machine. Yeah. I mean, Akunohana is the one that's right in my mind because I recently mm-hmm. saw it. Um, but And that was a major theme in it, terrible as its handling I, I apologize for dragging you through that, by the way, even though you kind of wanted to watch it with me. Again, if I'm, I want to watch how terrible they are and we can bond over our hatred. <laughs> this is the relationship I have. Besides, I'll, I'll make it up to you when I show you Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Trust me, that that's worth like all the Akunohanas and then some Astaroth's toy. I promise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this, this is what we're dealing with. This is basically who our detractors are. And this is why I'm saying we're, we're on the right track. Like This is an affirmation that, yep, doing it right. We're doing it right. Uh, this is with this was from a candid discussion with Sean Russell and Sean. If you don't want me to actually repeat this, uh, go ahead and edit this part out of the podcast. But this isn't any inside baseball or anything like that. But he once said about the reactions that we get and the kind of people that come out of the woodwork said, "You have practically declared war on the fandom, and whenever something like that happens, it's always the most embarrassing aspects of the fandom that are the most vocal." Sean, you were dead on about that. And this podcast is the example. This is like the apex of sad. Uh, I am in awe. Like this is – podcasts like this are why the other side exists because people like us, normal folks that just like anime, are often embarrassed to say they like anime because not only of the content of shows like Astaroth's Toy – that they will then be associated with by proxy, but by the other fans they will be lumped in with by proxy. And these are those fans. These are the fans that make you embarrassed to say you like anime. It's these kinds of people writing huge essays on moe and anime porn. These are the people that make you, like, that keep you from admitting to your parents you watch anime. Because this, these are the people you get lumped in with. And these are the people that are like why a lot of mainstream folks bash anime or anime fans or why it's in vogue to bash anime and anime fans on the internet in a lot of circles. It's people like this and shows like the ones we bash on this show. So this podcast, that's the whole reason I'm even dignifying them with a segment besides the fact that like it's a hilarious train wreck. It's, this is basically the, oh my god, you guys, you gotta see this section of the podcast. It is a monument to what we are not and what we are against and what we are saving you from because there are a lot of anime fans that see shit like this and you're like, ugh. Like, it's just these other anime podcasts are just painful to listen to and God, this is why I don't go to conventions. This is why I don't... I mean, these are the kind of people that actually cause some people to lose interest in anime because not only do you have these shit shows but then you have these shit people running around you don't want to be associated with them so you fall out of anime because between the inundation of crap coming out and then the terrible fandom that you have to deal with it just becomes not worth it for people like us and you just leave so that's why this podcast is here so the people like us can say you know what let's celebrate anime and bash the parts that suck because the parts that suck are funny to make fun of and we need we must recognize the problem so that we can begin to fix it. And 
now I'm going to throw this little invitation. I am going to call out, call you out, podcast. I have gone this entire time without ever saying who you are or what your name is or any of that. This whole time. Now, if anybody actually knows who I'm talking about, I encourage you not to say anything. Because here's how I'm calling you out, fella. I challenge you to reveal yourself in the comments. Because I know you'll probably catch wind of this. One of your sycophants that like monitors me and everything I say to make sure I don't step out of line will probably get back to you. So I challenge you to, in the comments, reveal yourself. Say who you are in the name of your podcast. Even link to your website so the folks can go take a look. Own up to what you've done, what you do, who you are, and who you associate with. Own up to it. Reveal yourself, fool. Let the people see. Take a take responsibility for your behavior and the things that you've said and done. I also like to point out that even though you said you wanted a dialogue, you closed the comments on the episode that uh, where you called me out. Uh, I can only assume this was like a ploy to get views. So maybe, who knows, maybe he actually will reveal himself just as a bid for attention. Although we're not like the biggest podcast ever, you know, it's... The picture can't be denied. You know, a picture starts to form and it can't be denied what we're dealing with here. Um, so I, incur- I invite you to reveal yourself and tell the people who you are. And in doing so, take responsibility for your actions, your tastes, uh, who you are, what you've made of yourself. Go ahead. Show the people. Link to your website so people can go through it and look. Of course, again, we all know why you closed the comments in that one episode, because God forbid anybody that's a fan of this show will go on and troll you. And they probably will. Not too many, because that's not really the kind of audience we have on the whole, but there's one or two that will try to get some laughs out of you, because you are worth laughs. That's why we're dedicating half this podcast to you. So go ahead. Let the people know who you are. Let's see what happens. Let's see. You're, you wanted to pretend like you were holding me accountable. Well, now let's see. If uh, if you got the stones, or if you're just going to stay in hiding and then probably just bitch about me on a podcast nobody that listened to this show or not many people at all listen to, and you'll just be in your little safe hidey hole with your team of sycophants and all your Faku buddies that'll agree with you, you can either you know hide with them and just bitch at me on a couple podcasts and be really snippy, and I won't care because I'm not listening. Or you can own up to it, be a man, and let the people see who you are and what you do. Let's see what you do. I'm interested in seeing how you... Now, I'm not going to debate with you. I'm still not going to do it because you're we're not worth my time. I made that clear. You're nobody to me. There, there's nothing to be gained out of it. I'm not going to get any audience from doing it. You know, none of nobody listening to your sad little show is going to, you know, hey, let's check out Cody Byer's stuff. He's right up my alley. You know, the people that listen to the other side are usually the people that will tell me, hey, I love your podcast. It's finally an anime podcast I can listen to without feeling embarrassed. So, which means they're not listening to your show because you would make them feel embarrassed. So, I'm not going to get any audience out of it. I'm not going to convince you. And I know you just want to do it as a chance to, you know, get at me and feel high and mighty, feel good about yourself. And I'm not going to give you that. So, I will get nothing out of debating you. So, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to waste my time. I don't have to answer to you. You're a random schmuck. You're a nobody to me, and you're, you know, so I'm not going to waste my time. So you're not going to get that debate. But I at least invite you to be a man in some respects. Own up to yourself. Own up to what you do. Reveal yourself at the end, in the comments. Tell the people who you are. You're the guy that I'm talking about in the first half. And even link to the tweets you made 
to me. Go ahead. You don't have to do all that, mind you, but at least reveal yourself, the name of your podcast, and give a link to your website. Let's see if you man up. Now, let's move on from a loser to a winner. Let's move on to probably one of the best animes that, was, that has ever been made. And it was new. Came out this year, I think. Yeah, it ended in March, I think. Yeah, and it was very short. It is a short. Too much short. too short. Oh, yes. A beautiful little piece of wonderment by the name of Inferno Cop. Oh. A web original series. <laughs> yes, it is a web original by the brand new folks studio at Studio Trigger, formed by X Gynax and somebody else. I can't remember who. Employees. Well, I believe it's two X Gynax employees. But I think there's a couple other people from other studios that came in. But I can't remember. I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Studio Trigger, they're, they're relatively new. I don't think they put out anything major yet. They have something in the, in the works called Kill La Kill that doesn't look interesting at all. And they did that uh, Ma- Magic Witch Academia, which is a nice premise behind it. It's the whole – it's like done from this uh, Young Up and Coming Animators Festival or something like that. It's a Japanese government program to train yeah. new animators. Yeah, so it's it's sort of you know helping bring some new people. And I don't know how actually good it is, but I I saw the artwork. I, I like the style from the little thumbnail I saw. It was an interesting looking style. It will probably suck just by the name, but uh, I like that where they're going with that. I think that that's nice that they're doing that. But this is what you really need to know about. In fact, they even subtitled it themselves. They put out the English version, so there's a little bit of English every now and then. But it's actually surprisingly well uh, translated. Very well translated. I was expecting it to not be well translated at all, and it's it's good, which is good because the show itself is out there. <laughs> yeah, primitive. <laughs> it's basically the animation is super minimalist. Like, they use photographs whenever possible, or video of real things whenever possible. Yeah, yeah they have like, the the Aqua Teen Hunger Force live action fire going on. <laughs> um, and like everybody is a still image. There's like no animation except some guys holding something may wave their their forearm. When they in one part, it was a bunch of vehicles. I wouldn't call them cars, and they go around the curve, and they're all facing to the to the left, and they just go down, the, and then kind of move along without actually facing the way the road goes. I like they play with that at one point because it's uh, beautiful. Inferno Cop is being is being arrested and being hauled off to jail, and the police truck that's taking him, uh, it's facing to the left, and it's going around like uh, a winding road. On but a mountain? It, yeah, on a mountain, yeah. but it just keeps going straight and it goes off the cliff. <laughs> How will I ever escape jail? It, it was like, I have to escape and get my revenge on something called... No! <laughs> the, it, each episode is like two and a half minutes long. And there are only <laughs> 13 of them? Yeah, and it's the funniest shit Japan has ever sent us. <laughs> this I, I is... Was... I was just amazed by it because um, it was directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi, who also made Gurren Lagann and Panty and Stocking. Yeah, this is the director behind one of the worst animes ever, and then fucking that piece of shit, trying too hard, Gurren Lagann. I think this is his apology. (laughs) Now, despite the low everything (laughs) um, animation... This, it actually has a story. 
Kinda. As, as soon as he was free of Gynax, he made this wonderful gym. I think maybe Gynax was to blame all that time. Like, if you look at Painting Stocking, yeah, he directed it, but I think it was Gynax that made it suck. As bad as it did, because then he went off on his own, and holy shit. He made, essentially, the good version of Panty and Stocking, because that's yeah, what like, this is. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's hyperactive, it's full of parody, but instead of being references, it's real fucking parody. And it's based on America. Yeah, uh, but it's like, it's supposed to take place in America, but all the photographic backgrounds are clearly in Japan. But the... Everything that is drawn, everything that's drawn seems to be, if not a comic book style, comic book inspired style. Yeah, it looks like it was drawn in an American style. Nothing looks animated. And a real American style, not what Panny and Stocking are saying is American style. No, these guys actually got it. Yeah. It's Uh, like if he was at the meeting where they were deciding Panny and Stocking, he's the one who went, why don't we do American style? And they were all like, yeah, that's a great idea, we'll do that. And then he saw what they actually did, and he was like, that's not what I meant. Uh, this it, it, it's really good, and I love again. It's supposed to take place in America. All the backgrounds are are not only Japan, but they're wrong. Like <laughs> at one point, in this one episode, Inferno Cop is going on trial, and he and the uh, prosecutor is Mister Judge. Mister <laughs> Judge. I love how he talks. I don't know what his accent is, but I love it. Mister Judge. I just love how he says Inferno Cop. <laughs> And uh, he's always holding two bowls because he's supposed to look like the scales of justice. He's just this guy has, in tights who's always got these two huge sake bowls. Like, not only the, is he the, he's the scales of justice. So not only does he have the two bowls, but I realized when it zoomed in on him, he has a little thing on his head, like the things that some scales will have to show how far it's leaning one side <laughs> or the other. And uh, he's also blind. He has no eye holes in his mask. Justice is blind. I just got that. I I thought he had his eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> no, because Justice is blind. And the best part of the episode is when Inferno Cop is shocked at the revelation that Mr. Judge is, in fact, a judge. <laughs> the whole thing is like Mr. Mr. Judge is like prosecuting Inferno Cop because Inferno Cop just defeated this monster that was a baby. <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's on trial for killing a baby. And uh, the whole time, every time the guy, every time Mr. Judge presents uh, evidence that Inferno Cop killed a baby, the judge will immediately go, death penalty! But then every time Inferno Cop rebuts, he will then go, okay, not guilty! And say, but I ha- clearly have proof! Okay, death penalty! But he doesn't have proof at all! Then you're not guilty! <laughs> every time. And eventually Inferno Cop's like, oh, judge, fuck this. I have the proof right here! Uh, a death penalty! Oh, wow, you just give both of us the death penalty death penalty. Okay, both of you have the death penalty. And Inferno Cop's like, oh, fuck this, and just shoots him and he explodes. Like, we ac- he actually did it. Pop. And like, every time Inferno Cop shoots someone, they explode. Into fire across the screen. Like, yeah, multiple Realist- explosions that, multiple photorealistic explosions, like film of an explosion that fills the screen. This really is, like, and I for- think... Sorry, I, go ahead. I think this guy gave a bunch of suggestions for Panty and Stocking, and then saw that they fucked them up, so he did them, but in his show. Because yeah. Panty and Stocking also does realistic film, but it sucks. Yeah. And then Inferno Cop just, just like takes it and goes fucking ham with it. Uh, Using. Yeah. They, uh, 
it really is. <laughs> I was the real chief justice all along. You, God, you tricked me. And then Inferno Cop gets a year and three months for killing a baby. <laughs> and then the outside of the courtroom is like a Japanese clothing store. It's in the mall. <laughs> it's in the mall. <laughs> so there, I think the car was actually in the, the police van was actually inside the mall. <laughs> It was like a Nor- Japanese Nordstrom's or something like that. It was the outside of the courtroom, and it was a different. It was different than the establishing shot from the beginning of the episode. That's that just I'm sure, that I'm pretty sure was like the outside of a restaurant or something. That's just how they do things in Jackknife Edge City. <laughs> That's the name of the city is Jackknife Edge. City. That is such a cool name. I want to live there. Oh yeah, and um. I don't think we've mentioned yet, Inferno Cop looks like a buff ghost rider. <laughs> it's amazing. With Axe Cop's hat. He's like, Axe Cop meets Ghost Rider. Uh, and he's, uh, oh my god. The, the the baby monster deserves its own thing. First of all, in the very first episode, it's, it starts off with Axe Cop saving a pregnant woman from a bunch Not of... Not Axe Cop. Axe, did I say Axe Cop? You did. It's a Freudian slip. Feels a little Axe Cop. Uh, Inferno Cop saves a pregnant woman from a bunch of thugs who all and by the way the le- leader of these thugs is pretty much everybody in Inferno Cop because <laughs> they keep reusing this guy's artwork yeah, like he shows <laughs> up again as Inferno Cop's uncle <laughs> yeah like uh, the judge is this guy like redrawn with different hair and clothes but it's the same guy this is <laughs> a very cheap series but it it took advantage of the fact that was a very che- I hope it was a very cheap series. <laughs> but they, it took advantage of it and played with it and made it funny. Yeah. Like, like it like, wasn't, oh, God, this animation, ew. No, it was, we're going to make it funny and save money. Yeah, not only is everybody a still image, they're the same still image. There's no different views of Inferno Cop. It's one picture, and that's Inferno Cop. Like, there may be two different views, and, okay, there may be three different views, and two of them are one of them flipped over. Yeah. It's not really, they'll just flip one image. I don't think anyone has multiple angles of them. It's all one still image, and that's every... Well, Inferno Cop technically is also a car. Oh, yeah, it won't turn into a time-traveling drag racer. Right after he tells someone... Right after he tells someone they rely too much on machines. <laughs> yeah. Which was a parody. We rely too much on machines. Now we will go back in time. Uh, yeah, which was a parody of Dragon Ball. The whole, there are some things machines just can't read in the whole poetic thing, and then he immediately turns into a race car. <laughs> and then rams this guy and then decides to spontaneously – this is so Axe Cop. <laughs> this, this episode is so Axe Cop because then he immediately decides to go back in time to try to fix what's right by traveling to the beginning of everything. So that there will be no, because he's fighting against the evil organization Southern Cross, right, which is the gang from the first episode, because yeah. they were threatening a pregnant woman, and Inferno Cop shows up, kills all of them but the leader, and then tells him to get on his knees and beg for his life. And as soon as he does, he explodes. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. And then the pregnant woman goes into labor, and then it just rockets off on the fucking her water. Her water doesn't break. She becomes a fucking geyser, and just rockets <laughs> off. And then the final shot is like Axe Cop getting Inferno. I keep saying Axe Cop, Inferno Cop, getting blasted by this woman's water. I don't know what they actually call that. I just always hear people call it the water because no one wants to call it its real term. 
Just like blessing, oh god, I'm drowning. And it, just... <laughs> it cuts to the German ending song. Yeah, the end song is in German. <laughs> And, and I wish Max was here because he could tell you the lyrics mean nothing. The, the title, I think, is um, Glass Inferno, Hell Police. <laughs> a lot of this humor... Okay, not a lot. That is that is too much. Um, there are bits of humor in the show, which I will say I usually wouldn't find funny like the thing just described i usually wouldn't find it funny but i do for some reason that's the magic of the show and i i think the episodes are like three three minutes long so it really is like oh i'm not sure if i'm gonna like this and then it's three minutes there are youtube videos longer than it yeah it's it's so great. I just it love is. the end song is just randomly in German. This is this is how good the show is, because I found out about it while watching Astronauts Toy, and it healed my soul. Yeah, and it, it was only like two minutes long, and it erased all the pain of a twenty-minute shit show. It really did. It it was as awesome as Astronaut is awful. Yeah, it is fucking a little bit more. Yeah, I think this is probably the funniest anime that has ever been produced. I really wish Max was here, but he won't. He's usually up by now. And he went to sleep early. Yeah. We tried seven to, in our time. Yeah, we tried to tell him. And then it was like, what the fuck's he doing asleep? And then didn't he sign back on briefly? And yeah. everyone was like, oh, Max will be on for the episode. And uh, apparently not. Yeah. Well, his loss. Yeah. He'll be mad, but he'll he's a big boy. He'll get over it. But yeah, it's... God, Inferno Cop is incredible. Uh, he didn't even skip one of the episodes where you're talking about bad anime. <laughs> like, he could have timed this so much better. <laughs> well, he still watched Inferno Cop. Yeah. Yeah, but he could have missed an episode on a bad anime. Like, oh, you guys are talking about Aserat's toy. We'll make I'm it up to him. I'm gonna go to bed early tonight. You you bring in your girlfriend. She watched it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we'll make it up to him. Next episode, we'll give him a segment so he can gush on Inferno Cop and all his favorite moments and shit. Uh, so he, you know what? Even if he repeats shit, and we we'll just fucking talk about the same shit again. It's fucking Inferno Cop, and it'll be a week later anyway. We'll just be reminding people, and and anyone who's seen this episode will have then seen Inferno Cop, and then. Yeah, when we discuss it with Max again in the next episode, we'll fucking be, you know, now you'll be reliving all the great moments. So we're going to try to keep it spoiler-free here, but next week, when we talk about it with Max, it's going to be Spoiler City. So forewarning, so everybody this week, between this episode and the next, get to watch an Inferno Cop. And you can't complain about spoilers, because each episode, I'm going to rack up to four minutes, you can watch five of them. In the time it takes to watch a normal episode of an anime. See, normally I don't watch a lot of subtitled shows. I'm glad I watched this one. Holy shit. And no, Sean, I'm not going to watch more subtitled shows. Stop trying to get me to watch subtitled shows. (laughs) Is there something I I need to know here? Sean Russell wants me to watch subtitled shows a bunch. (laughs) I don't know why. I guess he wants to get me in on the whole discussion of what's coming out, but I don't care because most of it's crap. And the good stuff, I can just wait for me dubbed, like Attack on Titan. Funimation already has it. Really? Yeah. That's That's what I said. 
So when it comes, they're just going to dub it. And then when it comes out, I'll watch it or like Hunter, Hunter, like I'll, that'll get dubbed and then I'll watch it. And it'll probably be picked up by Funimation. Cause they'll be like, it's the guy that did you, you did this and you, you was on one of our big early shows. So just on tradition sake, we got to pick up Hunter, Hunter. So I'll see all that dubbed. I'd rather see it dubbed. So no, Sean, I'm not going to watch more subtitled anime. I know you're listening. You listen to every podcast that everybody sends you. Anyway. I'm his girlfriend. If you want to give me bribery, I can make this happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not scheming at all. <laughs> I am an innocent Moe girl, obviously. <laughs> she couldn't do anything wrong. She's too busy being making my Kokoro go doki doki. Uh, oh, where did these Sakura petals come from? <laughs> I, I, I... It's not like I like you or anything. Cody senpai will you take this gift from me? <laughs> Piano music. Um, oh, God, we're turning into Clanade or some shit. <laughs> which was, by the way, one of the recommended shows from the podcast that hates us. Which should tell you the world. Um, anyway, that's a good thing. Inferno Cop. I think it needs to be said, uh, this shit has... Which I love that this guy used to work for Gainax and then ended Inferno Cop with the greatest parody of End of Evangelion that there ever could be. Oh my god, it was incredible. This took the piss out of Evangelion in the most beautiful of ways. Like it even mocked the scene that we have been making fun of forever, the, I, the self is composed of two selves scene. It mocked that. It mocked the fucking uh, Sephiroth in the sky shit. And all that shit, and the shit that didn't make sense, and then when they start spewing random babble and terminology that comes from nowhere, it makes no sense. They made fun of that beautifully. You and they made to watch it again, because I was so enraptured by how funny it was, I don't even think I appreciate the parody. Yeah. Everything oh, about it. Everything, is, like right down to calling a reason to rewatch Inferno Cop. Oh boy! <laughs> oh poor you! Mm. <laughs> Everything well, right down to this. calling it third destroy finale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like the the nurse from the hospital episode, she has that one image of her looking like shocked from the computer, like <gasps> and like she was rattling off. It's the destiny blast of the rank. Like all these ridiculous random word salads, like the real terms. Say, oh my god, this parody is amazing! This is the greatest thing. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. And the, we didn't even talk about the hospital episode. Oh boy. <laughs> who, who wants to, you Bring know, up- I'll start. <laughs> and you can, you can finish it when we get to the part about the surgery. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so, uh, after the car taking him to jail falls off a cliff, Inferno Cup is taken to the hospital... And we're then treated to the Southern Cross cult's secret plan to ruin his life. They're going don't to make... spoil it. Don't spoil it because I want the people to see the plan. It's the most ridiculous, ass-backwards plan to get a man to die. <laughs> okay, okay, well, they want him in the hospital. And so they send the FBI, which is a well, group not... of... It's, yeah, it's, it's it's like a, a, they treat it like it's one person, even though it's three people. It's an it, agent. it is this one entity made up of three people, and all they do is shout FBI. <laughs> FBI! And then they're dressed like they're in the FBI. One is fat, one is black, and one is very tall, so he looks like the letter I. FBI. <laughs> FBI! Fat, black, and tall. Oh my god. 
That's all they ever do. Yeah. And they bounce when they say it. FBI! <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I love how they build out like Inferno Cop will not escape the investigative powers of FBI. FBI! And they're like the greatest assassins, apparently. <laughs> and I do, I do love that the picture of each character that they, the move that they don't animate; they just move a picture around. And I just love how they do it with the FBI because they'll just turn on their side, and the people will just fly because they're just one entity. <laughs> They float and they, they took a hostage and, and Inferno Cop's like, you bastards, how dare you take a hostage? And then so he shoots them in the hostage and, up and then runs out of the hospital and jumps out the window. And Inferno Cop is the best cop. He <laughs> shot the hostage six times. <laughs> And I'm not getting. I do not want to spoil the scene with Inferno Cop on the operating table because it's one of the best <laughs> moments in the whole show. I love that scene. <laughs> FBI. I love it. And I do. It really is good. You everyone should go watch it. Um, I suggested it to all of my friends who usually don't watch anime because I think they'll appreciate it a bit. Even shows that's been compared to, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, I don't particularly care for. But this is good. Yeah, this is fucking amazing. amazing. And the whole thing when they go back in time is because he's fighting this, like... Mecha Cop. Yeah, Mecha Cop, which has the same Ghost Rider head. He's a big hulking robot. (laughs) But, like, when they go back in time, just as soon as they arrive, they go into dinosaur times. And as soon as they arrive, they're friends now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mega Cop is riding in Inferno Cop. Inferno Cop is at this point still a drag racer, and he stays in drag racer form for several episodes. Like, imagine if you only watch like one a week. This could be so confusing. He's still a drag racer. He, he is literally a car with Inferno Cop's head on the front. And it makes so much sense in comparison to everything. And they're just driving around being chased by dinosaurs. And they're friends. And they're just spontaneously friends. And they just list out, like, oh no, it's this dinosaur. But it's like these increasingly long made up dinosaur names. It's and they've brought in and not only that, it's a And they would give like facts about the dinosaurs. While <laughs> they're running for these spouting off facts about the dinosaurs, it's suddenly educational. And then the rest of that episode, like it begin, the, the previous one, they go back in time, and it ends. And then the next one, they're back in time. And dinosaurs. Just dinosaurs everywhere. I don't, I don't even want to give away what happens at the end of that episode. It's too because good. Because it's... it's <laughs> and then, we're like, God showing up and sending them to hell. And it just mainly just opens a trap door under them and they fall into hell. Let's talk about hell for a moment. More specifically, his aunt. Grinda. His aunt was adorable. His aunt Grinda. I loved his aunt. In front of coffee, like a little, little old lady with huge glasses pushing on like a laundry cart. <laughs> I want, I, I think I, I realized something then. That was when I realized I want to see the cosplay of this show. <laughs> and she recognizes him even though he's still a car. <laughs> oh, you've grown up so much. 
uh, uh, auntie, uh, uh, it's, it's so nice to see you. <laughs> and then, like, wait, we, like, your uncle has disappeared. We have to go find him. And then she says, a half hour later, and they found him. Oh, that was some adventure. <laughs> and it's just a reuse of the artwork from the judge. Not Mr. Judge, like the, the reused thug guy judge. Yes. <laughs> I think he was still holding the gavel. Yeah. And then Inferno Cop. And then there's an easily accessible exit out of hell. Oh, the exit's right over there. And then Mecha Cop stays behind, like, helping your, um, your, uh, your aunt has shown me that I prefer helping people. I'm going to stay behind here in hell so that I can help people. <laughs> okay, and Mecha Cop. <laughs> like, it was a life changing experience, but they totally fast. <laughs> They skip past a lot, and it's still good. And after that, they have what might be my favorite episode, the American Racing Car Grand Prix. <laughs> yes. i like to point out, because this ties into it, this is a re- one of the recurring characters is basically April O'Neil. It's, it's a reporter that looks exactly like April O'Neil, but her whole thing is she's very, like, timid. She doesn't really emote. Nothing ever surprises her, and she has a lot of awkward pauses. And she is fucking amazing when she's announcing all the com- uh, people that are competing <laughs> in the American Grand Prix. That was one of my favorite jokes. Don't spoil it. Uh, okay. Because I loved it. You, you're talking about her announcing the cars or later on? Yes. Okay. Her announcing the cars. Yeah, because it, but it's basically like uh, it is the like you expect a big like here are the contenders, and she's basically like it's uh, here's this guy and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess yeah. this guy's in the race. And it, it, it looks very fast. Okay. It, it makes me want to be in the race next year. <laughs> and he was like, like, it looks like, oh, they're going around the, the first turn. Looks like they may not make it. Oh, they did. <laughs> the whole race is like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's basically taking the piss out of racing series, like Initial D and shit. And there's this character, Hellfire Boy. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. because when... Uh, Inferno Cop was blazing out of hell. He had a trail of hellfire behind him, and it, and it engulfed this nerd boy that was getting made fun of. And he turned first of all, it turned him black, <laughs> turned from a white kid to a black kid, and he became Hellfire Boy with this little candle His afro was perpetually on fire. <laughs> yeah, and and he's like entering the race with Inferno Cop so they can get enough money to take over the world, which is one million yen. <laughs> Which is how much in America does? Does anyone twenty thousand dollars? Yeah, it's like ten thousand. <laughs> and this is and the I, American Grand Prix. I don't want to spoil the very end of this episode because it's one of the funniest shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> the very final scene. But like the sacrifice, I just want to bring up the sacrifice of Hellfire Boy is great. Like use me to fuel, and then you'll get the speed boost you need to win. And like like a noble sacrifice that like it's all dramatic, but then totally shit on when he's actually being fed into Inferno Cop. Like, oh god, it burns! I'm dying! Ah! <laughs> and this is another place where they just skip over a bunch of character development because uh, Inferno Cop doesn't want to use Hellfire Boy as fuel. But Hellfire Boy reassures him by saying that he has learned the true meaning of life and that he wants to give himself up so Inferno Cop can win. Inferno Cop's like, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't even care. <laughs> like, I have to do it for Hellfire Boy, and more importantly, for the one million yen! I do like that Hellfire Boy actually comes up in a few episodes, and like, <laughs> Inferno Cop actually seems to care about him. Like he, like he, and how tasty he is as Fred. Yeah. In the next episode, he has a memory of Hellfire Boy saying something completely different than what he said in the previous episode. Like, bury my body in Egypt. So he goes to Egypt. Like, I'll never. I will never find a way to Egypt. Then he sees a, a poster for a travel around. Now he's spontaneously back to normal. By the way, he's no longer yes. a car. Um, and, and there's just, a world cruise for ninety nine yen. Ninety nine yen. That's fucking cheap. <laughs> It's like a dollar. <laughs> and then he goes to, and he go and like he sees a guy selling shit and he sees some bread that's brown like Hellfire Boy was brown because he was a black kid. So he puts a little mask on it. It's just like Hellfire Boy. And then he just like oh takes a bite out of it. Delicious. <laughs> And this bread turns out to be the reincarnation of Hellfire Boy. Like he said it, and you're thinking that he's just being dumb, but it really is. I'm so hungry right now because bread. I, I don't think we can even say what happens next because it ties into the Evangelion parody. But I do want to bring up the very next episode. He goes, he just spontaneously reaches a pyramid. He's forgotten why he's there at this point. He's just like, okay, I've reached the pyramid. Time to go in. <laughs> like, there's no reason for him to go in there. <laughs> That's, the burying Hellfire Boy is like a thing of the past now. Like, okay, I've reached the pyramid. Let's go in. Because <laughs> this, this bread stand was at the Pyramids of Giza. <laughs> and and the Arrow Man stage from Mega Man 4. Like, it's not the actual stage, but it's basically designed to look at right down to the little cup torches with blue flame. It's Pharaoh Man stage for Mega Man 4. <laughs> and, he goes, and he goes through it, and it's like a static image, and he's just like, whoa! Like, it's a jump and like a big adventure, but it's like basically like a video game. And he gets to the end boss, and it's like a pharaoh that's the same recycled bug, but now he's dressed like a pharaoh. <laughs> and he gets the shit out of him, but then in Inferno Cop wins, and I don't want to say what he does because what the guy says while Inferno Cop does it is amazing. And then Inferno Cop just decides, okay, I'm in the pyramid now. I'm gonna wait in the sarcophagus for a challenger. <laughs> like I can't wait for a strong challenger to go, to approach, and then I'm like, it's great. <laughs> Inferno Cop, amazing. Then he gets a call from the chief. <laughs> So, and it's like in black, and all of a sudden you hear he's got like the Inferno Cop song as his ringtone. <laughs> like, oh, oh, chief, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's like reminding you. Yeah, he's like, that's right. He's a cop. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and that starts off the final three parter. That's the end of Evangelion parody. Oh God, Inferno Cop is amazing. It's quite pop, quite, quite succinctly the greatest anime comedy. That, that's how great it is. We can't even give away what happens. You need to experience it raw. You really do. Oh my god! I just want to say this. I was shocked that it, that uh, the end parodied House of M of all things, the X Men story arc that was like a big event in Marvel Comics, and it parodied that too. Like the character at the end turns into the Scarlet Witch, <laughs> Claudia. <laughs> And I just want to say two words, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. Claudia Boomerang. <laughs> yeah, 
This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Claudia! <laughs> you have to see it, people. Claudia Boomerang. <laughs> it is such an amazingly brilliant, spot-on parody of Gynax's endings. This is a guy that just got the fuck out of Gynax, and now i got to make fun of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant fucking parody of Gynax's endings. Like the plot twists out of nowhere and the terminology and the big pseudo philosophical shit and just the all misplaced that. Misplaced symbolism. Yeah. And then the end parody Madoka Magica. <laughs> Do you think Inferno Cop is dead? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love us, Mom. Do you think Inferno Cop is dead? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then just the random dry humping. And then yes, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Especially with how they do, how they animate. It just like I can't get over how like. Just fucking funny this is, coming from the guy that the last thing he did was panty and fucking stocking. Right after painting stocking was this. After one of the worst anime ever produced, he makes one of the best anime ever produced. And now I'm curious. He needs to do something else so I know which one was the fluke. Like, did he learn since then and he knows how to make a good show now? He needs to do something else so I know. So that I can look and tell, okay, he's good or he's not good or whatever. Because it, I am just stunned. The guy behind Panty and Stocking made this glorious thing. And I think one of the things I think we, we totally skipped over was the fucking baby. <laughs> well, I tried, to, I tried to bring that up. Because like, uh, I should point out, after that woman's water breaks, the entire city is flooded. Yeah, there's oh. this lake of amniotic fluid, and he's that's drowning oh, that's, We finally figured out the name. <laughs> I'm edumacated. Yeah, amniotic fluid. Uh, it's just like covered and there's a baby floating there and he already has a scar on his head. It's the emblem of the Southern Cross. But then the baby turns out to be a sea monster in disguise. It has, with, a, with a handsome man voice. It has like a lobster claw and this big beefy body and it has uh, fish scales all over. And barnacle nipples and entire fish for legs. <laughs> like with eyes and everything. And should we tell them about the bullet? Your bullets can't hurt me moment. No, <laughs> no, no. That's the best part of that episode. That's mm-hmm. one of the best parts in the whole series. Your bullets cannot harm me. And then what happens? <laughs> that well, was well, when I realized know. I loved this show. <laughs> that moment, actually. But everyone already knows, though, that um. He's placed on trial for murdering the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Judge! Well, did he actually murder a baby? And then, uh, oh my god, the, the, if you notice, when they show the Southern Cross, first of all, it's it's the three sages and a shitload of that thug guy over and over again, and this huge dude with a cross mask and a cigar that never appears in any actual episode. Mm -hmm. He's in the background in the ending, but he never appears. I guess he's supposed to be the leader of Southern Cross, but we never see him. It's fucking hilarious. Because like, I, I didn't even notice until I watched it again, like, hey, yeah, what happened to that guy? I like how apparently the Southern Cross killed Inferno Cop's family, which is why he has this urge to fight them. That never 
It never solves anything. <laughs> it's never resolved. Uh, and like when they, we see the three, three sages of the Southern Cross, one of them is a woman. And every time it cuts to her, she says the same phrase, Splendid! Soon the world will be ours! <laughs> and, it has, and it shows, like, when it first shows the sages, it shows their names. But even when it stops showing the other two's name, it still shows her name every time. It's like, the, basically, it's like the same footage repeated. So when there's a wide shot of all three sages, her name is floating in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's, and she's about to say that one phrase again, and then it cuts her off to go to the next scene. <laughs> Splendid! Soon the world will be... And the next scene... It's like her name was floating in front of her. There's just, I, I wish there was more so we could keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. But it's so short. It's too. I haven't watched them yet, but they also have Inferno Cop facts for every episode, where someone teaches you little factoids about something that's brought up in the episode. We'll see. We can I, bring those up next time. Yeah, when we talk talk about it with Max, we'll have something new. I don't want to stop this podcast because we're talking about Inferno Cop. Inferno Cop's magical. I love Inferno Cop. Can I just say three words? What? Glitter Inferno Cop. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Um, that is what there needs to be cosplay of. Inferno Cop and the giant hand. <laughs> Glitter Inferno Cop. <laughs> oh, my God. Inferno Cop is amazing. <laughs> if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not going to watch it, you're the worst kind of evil. Can we just put a link to the playlist in the podcast description? I'm going to put a link to the first episode because what they do, they basically link like for every episode in the annotations, they link to the next one. So we'll just get you started. I'll link to the first episode. Yeah. And you start on your path to Inferno Cop, Inferno Cop glory. Oh, and you need to have captions on because it's not hard subbed. Yeah. Now, yes, if you aren't going to watch this, you are evil. And, well, we've already discussed evil in this podcast. <laughs> we know evil. We are evil. Yeah, oh my god, though, Inferno Cop's not evil. It's fucking great. It really like, is a 10 out of 10 show. It really, really is. Like, if you ever hear any anime reviewer say a, a, a crossword about Inferno Cop, they're wrong. And you know never to trust that reviewer again. Any reviewer that is not giving this shit 10 out of 10 across the board is just wrong. They're just wrong. Because there's no, oh, it's very cheap. That's part of the joke, you idiot. Like, that's part of the humor, you moron. <laughs> but, oh my god, Inferno Cop is glorious. There's also a soundtrack, and they advert. It was great. Like at the beginning of the like the second half of the series, they advertise the the soundtrack and T-shirts. By the way, I gotta get one of those T-shirts. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when they do it, they replicate YouTube's ads, mm-hmm. complete with the little yellow bar at the bottom. I only and, noticed that few in, and I was like, <gasps> and and the button that lets you skip. <laughs> But of course They're becoming self-aware. And of course, the button doesn't work, but it's basically they replicate a YouTube ad at the beginning of the episode. With uh, Mr. Judge and Inferno Cop arguing? Yeah. So, you can get an Inferno Cop soundtrack! It is very popular on the West Coast. <laughs> and then, like, Inferno Cop just says, that is unacceptable, and he shoots Mr. Judge and he floats. <laughs> and then the second one, he, like, it's some live-action Japanese man telling him about the Inferno Cop t-shirts. But the live-action man has the Siren Cross 
Just drawn on. <laughs> he's basically like the copy and paste thug, but he's got the live action Japanese man face. But then he has the Southern Cross emblem drawn on his forehead. And he's talking about the t-shirts. Like, the t-shirts are like, they're only like fourteen ninety five or whatever. And in front of like, that's unacceptable. And he shoots the dude and explodes. And like, uh, at the end of several episodes, like, they start doing previews for the next episode, but the previews are all in various different languages. <laughs> the only time it's in Japanese, they got, they roped in, like, some other actor that's not on the show. Like, some actress. They roped her in, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You didn't, you didn't give me any instructions on what I'm doing here. You just put me on the booth. I don't know. But, okay, you want me to read this? And it's the title of the episode. Like, okay, there. <laughs> now what do you want me to do? And then it's just cuts. <laughs> It's like one's in English and it sounds like it's by an actual English speaker. Speaker. One's in like Mandarin Chinese. One's by, one's a little kid, like someone's someone's child. Brought in to read is fucking, and like they're they're barely getting through. Like what watch in in the the lair of the of whatever the title was. That the thing. Watch it and it's fucking great. And everything about Inferno Cop is amazing. And I'd totally fucking cosplay as Inferno Cop if I could pull off the fucking fire. <laughs> That's why I've been contemplating. How would the fire work? Yeah, you could do it, Leanne, because you do crafts and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Inferno Cop. Oh, my God. Like, I would totally... It, like, if you come to visit and then we go to Otakon together and you cosplay as, like, girl Inferno Cop, I'm showing you the fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I can make that weapon. Best girlfriend ever! One of you could be Inferno Cop, and the other would be Drag Car Inferno Cop. <laughs> Inferno Cop has turned into a cyborg through the Southern Cross operation. Now it's a cyborg body that's capable of bending the laws of time and space. That felt like Axe Cop right there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they're, that these people... They're Japanese men, but really, they're just five-year-old boys. <laughs> like, you know, it would be cool. Yes, that would be cool. Right. We, we're animators. We have our own animation studio. We can make this. And then they high-five. <laughs> and I love the police department. Even though the city is called Jackknife Edge Town, the, the police department is called the ICPD. And the little thing I noticed. I, we've exhausted our Inferno Cop, unfortunately. So now it is time to go. I'd like to thank... Andrew, our regular co-host. <laughs> and I'd like to thank our guest co-host, the lovely and talented and gorgeous Leanne Williams. <laughs> so from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Byer. Andrew. I, I was going to let her go first. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> uh, I'm Andrew Erickson, and I go first, apparently. <laughs> and I'm Leanne Williams, and I... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Max. <laughs> I, I I can't even say we're saying anything. It, it's too much of a clusterfuck. Good night, folks. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. I watched Inferno Cop. Um, I watched, I don't know what I watched. I watched like the first episode off a...
Crunchyroll news article. Um, and it was just basically the first, the first two minute episode with no oh subtitles. And, oh no. <laughs> but I was entertained still, you know what I mean? I'm oh, sure yeah. there's, I'm sure there's something out there, but you know, fine, fine. I, I'm pretty sure it, you can find it legally with subtitles. Even if, even if the subtitles that you find are technically fan subs, studio trigger, put that episode out themselves. So you would, the only, it would just be a fan translation of what they already released for free. The, the dialogue is a whole nother level. Oh, really? It's so, it's so funny. And and that's, that's how strong it is. It's like you, you watch it without the subtitles and it's still funny. I can imagine how funny, because just some of the things that happen. Oh yeah. You know, and I think just when her water breaks. Yeah. What the hell? You know what I mean? It's just like, (laughs) and then, you know, the guy, the cop just leaves all of a sudden and it's like, oh, and he gets hit by a car. You know, it's funny is in the in the subtitles inferno cop i i want to say he says something like oh you fucking people downloading your anime for free online and then he kills that other cop no <laughs> <laughs> like what so oh boy yeah no inferno cop's great it saved anime when did that come out uh i'm just hearing fuck. about it. the first time i heard about it was the um last podcast from you it, I think it just wrapped up. It was from the sum, not the summer season. I think it was from winter. It was either winter or fall, but it's it's relatively new. Um, uh, and they, it's from the director of Gurren Logan and Panty and Stocking, which I know are uh, both Cody's favorite shows. <laughs> and um, it was released on YouTube for free by the creators under their Anime Boncho channel. And okay. uh, a lot of people really dug it. It's very uh, almost Adult Swim esque humor. But uh, it, it's like, I, I think the way it was explained to me is that a uh, dude was like, hey, watch me make something for zero dollars and it's going to be awesome. And now people are probably like, here, have all of the monies because just Inferno Cop blew the fuck up, at least online on Twitter uh, with the people I know. I don't know if it was overall successful. Uh, I have no idea, but I know well, that. What, I, how do you measure success on something that didn't cost any money? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody's just, talking about it, I'm sure they made something on it. It's like, oh, yeah. we made ten dollars. Woohoo! Yeah, I just know <laughs> that it was very, very popular on Twitter, and it was very popular with the people that I talked to about anime. So you also you watched another thing from Studio Trigger? Yes, I did, and that's how I discovered that Studio Trigger is a thing. <laughs> and it's it's pretty awesome. You know, I watched Little Witch Academia. I, last podcast, I said I was going to watch it based off all the Twitter hype. And it was really cool. I mean, I it was I was expecting something different. I thought it was an actual series, but it's only uh, OVA, 25-minute OVA. And it's on Crunchyroll. That's where I watched it. But um, it's, pretty, it's a story of this witch. And she is inspired to become this great witch because of this cool, you know, witch she saw when she was a child. Then the story picks up years later when she's actually in the Witch Academy, and it's your tip. No, I hate saying that. It's your typical. Um, oh, I she, know. She, she, she just the person that slacks off. She's sleeping in class, and then you have the girl. Almost reminded me of a scene of uh, earlier season of Naruto, where he's just imagine her as Naruto and and Sasuke as the girl kissing. Her, Oh, no, not that scene, but the oh. other one, I'm super smart. I'm super intelligent. And, oh, then, yeah. and then she's sleeping and the witch, the head witch is like, oh, you need to wake up, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And um, yeah, so her whole thing is like, oh, I want to be just like this witch that I saw when I was a child. And everyone's like, sure, that person's a joke, blah, 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 blah. And um, so 
they all get to a special assignment, almost just like Naruto, where they have to go into that wilderness and find the different maps or something like that. I think that's what they're doing, the scrolls or whatnot. So they go in there and it's like a role playing game and they see this dragon and this, that and the other. But pretty much the whole story centers. I'm not going to get the whole thing away. The whole story centers around this girl fulfilling her destiny. And it's and that's not the strong part about it. The story is a whatever. What's cool about it is the music and the art and the, the 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 character design and just the way the studio trigger put it all together. So just imagine Gurren Lagann. Just imagine all the things visually that was good about um, Gainax in their in the last I'm going to say ten years put into this show with the music from with with um the music from Michiru Michi how do you say Michiru no Oshima trying to say sure <laughs> oh well anyway she's just the music for Full Metal Alchemist okay and she did the you know the score for Beck and she did oh, the score okay. for Blast of Tempest so she, this is a real like before I knew who this person was you already I, liked their work I already consider her to be my favorite I okay. just didn't know who it was. Like I love the full metal. I have it on my iTunes playlist. I listen to that just like while I'm doing my work. So to find out that she was the person that was making the music for this show, that that's all I could think about. I was like, this music is amazing. I love this music. And then thinking to the fact that I knew there was a reason why I like Blast of Tempest because it wasn't that great of a show, but something about it made it really, really cool. It made me want to watch every, it's the freaking music. Oh yeah. Music will change the entire feel of it. Space brothers. One of my favorite things about space brothers is that Epic song. They play it in every episode, like 16 times, but every time I hear it, I'm like, yes, you know? So it's like all of these elements and the reason they put it together, they made it for, uh, it was uh, like an art festival. or Yeah. Something. An art festival that Jap, that Japan puts on to kind of train new animators so I guess what they're doing is taking the best of what they can do and then taking the best elements, like finding the best musician and finding the best this and that and putting it together and saying, hey, welcome to the world. We're Trigger. This is what you could do if you really work hard. Because they all left. Um, they, you probably Some of you know this already. I'm just learning this from, the, from new, new to me. Um, they left Gynex not too yep. long ago. Um, and they were responsible. They, they had their hand in and their DNA in a lot of stuff, you know, panty and stocking, deadlies, um, s- certain elements of Evangelion, um, Gurren Lagann, all of these shows that have pretty much become new standards in anime for like the, the I guess the 21st century, um, have had a huge thumbprint, you know, oh, yeah. even some of them, even fully, um, fully coolly, they had some elements in that. You no know, Die Buster. A lot of these little. No, I'm. That's not true. But you know, I love Die Buster. Take you know, that back. No, no. But just in the sense of they <laughs> might have done a storyboard, or they might have oh, been yeah. art direction. You know, just being part of that guy next I'd, machine. I definitely think Die Buster had. They, I don't know the credits that well, but Die Buster to me was like a prototype for Gurren Logan. It had a very similar feel, similar aesthetic. I think that there's probably a lot of people that worked on both shows. Yeah. Um, but, maybe but, not all of them credited. I have no idea. But. No, they're, they're, I mean, you can look at the credits and they've had little bits and parts to do with it. But obviously mm-hmm. there are people who were the main driving force behind those shows. Yeah. Um, but just to see that they all have this DNA thumbprint in this new studio. Because a lot of these studios, that's how they blew up. Like Studio Parrot. Parrot, right? I say it, Parrot. I have no I'm idea. I'm a little insecure. Parrot. I'm a little insecure about the things, but I'll say Studio Parrot. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. 
they were branched off from Tetsunoku, you know? Okay. So it's like at some point the hatchlings need to get out on their own. Yep. There's only so much they can do under the thumbprint of this big entity. And this is what we're looking at right now, which I, they're going to be producing things for years to come. Hopefully. And, we're, and you're almost at the genesis of it. So just pay attention to what these guys are doing and check it out. Little Witch Academia, 25 minutes, real easy to watch. Um, a lot of great elements. If you like the music of Full Metal Alchemist, if you like the animation from Gurren Lagann and a lot of the new Patty and Stocking, forget the content. If you just like the feel of it, you know, and, and it, what Little Witch Academia reminds me of, and I want to bring up this point, it has a feel of a Disney afternoon show. Huh. It, it gives you that little nostalgic feel of those types of shows where it's very much a cartoon, but if you and if maybe you understand what I'm talking about, it doesn't feel like you're watching Ed, Ed and Eddie. It feels like you're watching a story, like you're watching a mini Disney movie. Okay. And that's what this feels like. It doesn't feel like anime, honestly. Well, and I, and I hate to say that, but it doesn't no, feel no, like. Well, no, it, I know what you mean. You, you don't. You don't get. You don't get out of the moment and say, "Oh, well, I'm watching something that's from Japan," even though it's in subtitles. It's like I'm watching just gargoyles. You're, you're experiencing a story. I think that that's no. That that's not a. It sounds negative, but that's not a negative thing. If you get so immersed that you forget you're even watching something then that, I think, is the highest compliment you can give something as a storytelling median. I mean, or even a music. Any any type of thing, if you get so immersed in it that uh, you just get lost in the world. It's good times. 